Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. Welcome to a special programme on the Radio Show Limited Network of Channels. We're looking forward to the 2019 NTT IndyCar Series, the 24th season of the IndyCar uh, event and or the IndyCar Championship and the 98th official championship season of American Open Wheel Racing. Of course, the big event is the 2019 Indianapolis uh, 500. Will Power will be the defending champion there. Honda will be the defending Manufacturers Cup champion and Scott Dixon starts the season as the championship winner from last year. You'll be delighted to know that it will not just be me wombling on about this and we will have not one but two experts. So all I've got to do is roll a couple of easy ones in and let them hit them out the park. Uh, Shea Adam and Jeremy Shaw. First of all, Shea, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be back. Looking forward to this. It seems an awful long time since we saw IndyCars last running. Oh, it, it has been forever and a day. But even the little bits of testing that they've been doing just has whet my appetite. And I can't wait to see who's going to come out on top at the first race at St. Petersburg. And Jeremy Shaw, of course, is the other voice. And in fact, Jeremy joins us from Homestead, where a bit of uh, road to Indy is going on at the moment in terms of their pre-season testing. Jeremy, this season looks to be an absolute belter for the NTT IndyCar Series. Yeah, really exciting, John. I think uh, there's more cars this season, uh, some really strong new drivers joining the championship. Lots of excitement getting ready for the first race next weekend. Uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the uh, changes and some of the things that have stayed the same. First of all, NTT, Jeremy. Verizon, we knew that was coming to an end. IndyCar worked really hard and really quickly to get NTT on board as the title sponsor. Look, it's, it's always great, isn't it, to have somebody name, naming rights for, for a major championship uh, because uh, that means that the, the, the sanctuary body has to find less money on its own. So it's all good news all around. And, and NTT, you know, they've been involved with uh, Chip Ganassi Racing for the last couple of years or so in the, the IndyCar uh, from all sorts of different perspectives. And I think it's great to have a title sponsor on board. And Shea, Adam, a, a new major deal for the TV contract with NBC becoming the sole uh, television rights holder in the US and also distributing worldwide as well, which means, of course, that the Indianapolis 500, uh, for the first time in 55 years, will be on NBC rather than ABC. Yeah, and that's going to be the first big adjustment, John, because the season always began in the United States on ABC. So I'm used to setting my DVR for the St. Petersburg weekend to Channel 10, as it is locally here. I've already had to switch that over, though, to NBC. Eight big races this year. So that's almost, well, it is, in fact, half of the calendar season on big NBC. That is fantastic for IndyCar as far as they're concerned. 
But it is that big one, the jewel in the crown, the Indy 500, that's going to be on the Peacocks network. Some things that haven't changed, Jeremy. Firestone continue and indeed have signed an extension to run all the way through now till 2025 as the sole tyre supplier. Yeah, you know, it's always good to have continuity. Firestone uh, and Bridgestone Americas, I mean, they, they put an awful lot into this sport. Uh, they've they they produce fantastic tires that that, that are they, they do exactly what what it, what it says on the tin you know there's no uh, airs or graces about the people at Farsa they're really good people great engineers there that uh, it's a well-oiled machine uh, and uh, Farstone is a, a huge supporter of IndyCar racing and has been of course since Ray Harood won the first Indianapolis 500 just a few years ago um it seems like well no i'm not that old am i but yeah back in 1909 <laughs> so it's fantastic to have that continuity and really good news at fast and involved and as you said just building also on that on that nbc thing interesting isn't it uh, that all the indycar races are going to be televised in europe this year is that right that's a big step forward as well that was the next thing or on in, my in England. yeah that was the next thing on my list with the I suppose the the thawing of uh, the attitude of the owners of Formula One. When Bernie Eccleston was in charge of Formula One, he didn't like to have uh, anything even coming close to being a competitor to it. Uh, Liberty Media now uh, have the, the rights to that. And Sky F1 in the UK will show all the qualifying and all the races uh, where there's no clashes uh, for an F1 event. So that is quite a big deal. And uh, when there is a clash, uh, it will go on to the red button behind Sky F1 and they will be taking the international feed from NBC. Now, it should be said, of course, that Comcast uh, are um, majority owners of both NBC and Sky as well. So that makes a bit of sense uh, in terms of the commercial rights as well. Uh, since we last raced, there's a new president of IndyCar, and that is Jay Fry, Jeremy Shaw. Uh, yes, yeah, so just kind of stepping up one position in in the uh, in terms of the nomenclature there, but no real change. I mean, he's been running the show there now for a couple of years, so he's just got a new title. Uh, and finally, uh, before we get into... Uh, the the uh, the look at the season coming up, uh, Shea Adams, Sunoco, who've been uh, such a good servant to motor racing in the US across a number of different uh, series, have been replaced as the fuel provider uh, starting this year. It's Speedway LLC who've signed uh, what's described as, and I quote, a multi-year sponsorship agreement. Yep, so basically on the side of the car, instead of seeing the blue and yellow sticker, we're now going to see a red and white sticker. And uh, we'll have to see what sort of impact that plays on the racing. But uh, yeah, very cool for Speedway to come into racing like this. We'll go through all the teams and driver combinations, and it does get a little bit complicated because not everyone's doing a a full year, of course. We kind of get used to that. 17 events over, I reckon, 15 a venue starting at the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg uh, and, fi- and finishing at the Firestone, Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey. Uh, let's talk about that. WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca, Jeremy Shaw, getting back on the IndyCar calendar in September, at the end of September. Yes, uh, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I think yeah, there's supposed to be a few tweaks to the, to the track, I believe, for that, but I don't honestly know what that's, uh, what that's going to entail. Um, really? it's great because I mean, you know, the, the, the history goes back a long way. Certainly, you know, when I first came over here in, in the mid eighties, uh, the IndyCar was a regular there at, uh, Laguna Seca Raceway, now WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca. 
And so that's good news. It's a it's a wonderful part of the world. Is it terribly conducive for IndyCar racing? Well, we will find out yeah. because it's not um, known as, as, as providing a huge amount of overtaking opportunities. So that's going to be interesting. But uh, generally speaking, uh, it, that's great news, I think, and, 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 a, and a super place to finish off the championship as well on the West Coast. Which means we have lost uh, Sonoma, which was the uh, championship finale for the last couple or three seasons, although staying in a similar part of the world. Before that, year, indeed, in the second race of the year, after the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Pete on March the 10th, March the 24th, a brand, another brand new, well, this is a brand new venue for IndyCar, the Circuit of the Americas, running the full track, which I love. I, I think it's a great place to go. Testing has taken place there uh, at Austin, Texas, the IndyCar Classic, as it's going to be called. And, well, certainly speaking to um, Piers Phillips, the president of Rahal Letterman Lanigan racing what a couple of weeks ago now on Midweek Motorsport. He was excited about this and it seems that the teams are quite I would think quite bullish about it. Just seems to think do seem to think that, that will provide us some good racing. Yeah, they really do. There's so much optimism around this event. Uh, rumors of it being a five-year contract with the circuit. So there's a good possibility that they'll be going back there time and time again, and it will quickly become a classic. But uh, from the testing that we saw, there was a lot of discrepancy over the drivers coming up to speed with a different tire that they were given, only running the black in the test. That's important to remember. When we get there for the race, the lap times are going to look very different. And we do have a few drivers who run the IndyCar series, the NTT IndyCar series, who have been there before in Formula One cars. I'm thinking about Marcus Erickson, Max Chilton, Alexander Rossi. They've got the experience at the track, which may come into play because there's a lot of drivers who have never been there prior to the test. Mm. Ten of the 17 events, Jeremy, on uh, what could be called road circuits, um, uh, with which makes that the, the majority. Uh, there'll be purists who look at that and say there's not enough ovals on there. Uh, yeah, the, the balance has pretty, been pretty much the same. I think the last for the last several years, I mean, there's a good mix of ovals. Certainly, I mean, everybody, you know, some people say will tell you, well, an oval is an oval is an oval. They're all the same. Well, that's uh, they could, Not nothing true. could be, uh, could be uh, farther away from the truth than that because every oval has its uh, has its own characteristics. Even uh, the the whole bunch of 1.5 mile ovals that's kind of cropped up over the last 20 years or so. But uh, none of these tracks really. Uh, are are, uh, are similar to each other. You're Indianapolis, uh, Texas Motor Speedway, Iowa Speedway, Pocono, and, and Gateway. So they're all very, very different tracks. They have their own unique characteristics, and you know, each one is going to be a challenge, particularly for those drivers like Marcus Erickson who've never been to an oval track before. And the first oval, Jeremy, as it has been in the last few years, will be the big one at the 103rd running of the Indianapolis 500, presented this year by Gain. Gainbridge, uh, there is plenty of running before that, but that is the first oval, and I always find that a little bit odd in some ways. Well, very much so, and you know, Phoenix has, has been on the back on the schedule for the last uh, two or three years. That's disappeared from the schedule this season, and and as you say, so that has meant there is now no no other oval race prior to the 500. Uh, I think that's something that IndyCar would like to rectify. I think they would like to have a race before they go to the Indy 500. Certainly for the teams, uh, it, it helps um, for the new drivers. It helps them 
gain some sort of a, an appreciation for the oval races, even though it's a completely different track to Indianapolis. But I, you know, I, I think back, particularly, let's say, to Nigel Mansell when he first came over here, and you know, he he his first oval event was Phoenix. Of course, he had a huge crash there, uh, so that opened his eyes uh, opened his eyes pretty wide. Uh, and uh, as far as that start of the season, Jeremy, is concerned, St. Pete's, then the new event at the Circuit of the Americas, then Barber, then the very different streets of Long Beach, then onto the road course at Indianapolis. My goodness me, you could not have a more varied opening to the season that runs um, between March the 10th and May the 11th. And let's not forget, the, uh, the Barber and Long Beach races are back-to-back. Yeah, you know, there's, there's been a slight tweaking of the schedule, certainly for this season. Uh, but, uh, you know, variety, that, I mean, that is the spice of the, the NTT IndyCar Great. series. Uh, the fact that we go to all these different racetracks and uh, it, 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 that's what's make, what makes it the challenge that it is. You speak to any of the drivers who come over to the US from, from, from you know, other continents or particularly from Europe, let's say, and that is one thing they love about this championship. You know, four and one now, it's all kind of cookie-cutter uh, Herman Tilka tracks. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, it's going to be a major eye-opener for some of these people when they come over here for the first time to see the variety of racks on tr- tracks on which uh, the IndyCar Series races, and that is certainly one of its strengths. Now, wherever you are in the world, as we've mentioned, the TV deals have changed, so make sure you check the IndyCar site to see if there's additional coverage in your area because the... Uh, uh, the people doing the deals for international coverage has changed from ESPN International. Uh, NBC have taken that on and IndyCar uh, pushing that themselves as well. Uh, still the two engine suppliers share, Adam. Uh, at the moment, it's still Chevrolet and Honda, although rumours continue to float around about a third or maybe even a third and fourth engine supplier. But in fairness, Chevrolet and Honda have done a pretty good job. They've both stepped up to the place. In terms of the teams, they've got, not the cars, but in terms of the teams, they've got half the field. Eight teams teams for Chevrolet, eight teams for Honda is what I reckon. And it's a perfect split because you look at the way that the championship played out last year, both manufacturers have something to be happy about. Honda wins the championship. Chevy wins the Indianapolis 500. <laughs> the battle prevails. They both come into the season thinking, hey, we need to win both. But you know what? If we win one of them, that's a pretty good start, too. Jeremy, does the series need another major manufacturer? We know that Ford, of course, are winding up their Ford GT program. We don't know what Ford Performance is going to do. But, of course, that has provoked more rumours. There's uh, a European manufacturer that keeps being uh, um, uh, attached to the IndyCar series, rumour-wise, at least. As I said to Chevrolet, Chevrolet and Honda have done a pretty good job over the, the last couple of seasons and the balance of performance is sort of getting there. It, it's been very competitive. It's it's interesting, interesting to see how it's kind of changed over the last couple of years because uh, Chevy had a pretty good advantage, it, it would appear, uh, two years ago. And then last year, Honda had the upper hand. So uh, it's it's interesting to see how that has kind of ebbed and flowed as it does on different racetracks we go to as well. So that's certainly going to be something to keep an eye on. Uh, do we, does IndyCar need another engine manufacturer? No, it doesn't need Another one. I mean, just the competition between the two is great right now, but it would certainly be good to have more engine manufacturers in there and just raise the game even farther. I, I, I hark back to the 80s and particularly the 90s when we when you're back in the, the heyday of Champ Car, 
where there were what five manufacturers at one stage, I think it was, and uh, and you know it was it was brilliant for many reasons. It was also uh, slightly detrimental in others because uh, it's 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 fairly easy enough to have two engine manufacturers that are pretty equally matched. When you've got five of them in there, you always run the risk of one of them really struggling, and and whatever team is aligned to that uh, is uh, that's going to be difficult for them. So uh, one hopes that uh, if there are manufacturers coming in, that they can come in on the same sort of level. And these day, in this day and age, I would be surprised if that wasn't the case. So I would expect everybody to be competitive. I just you know, think back to Lotus a few years ago and how yes. what of a fiasco that was. I don't think we're going to have the same sort of situation again, however. And the, the other good news on that is after some question marks, Jeremy, in the last couple of years about whether there would be enough engines for people to be able to go to the Jewel in the Crown Indianapolis. It looks like we're going to have a proper and meaningful bump day again in 2019 with more people in the race than the 33 grid spots. Well, John, I think you've raised a brilliant point there because over the last few years, the engine manufacturers, Chevrolet and Honda, have been reluctant to add more cars to their rosters for just the Indy 500. Uh, they've been, kind of been persuaded. They've had the, really their arms twisted over the last couple of years now, or last year, and hopefully for this year to have a few more. So that is one thing, certainly, that will be, will be uh, benefiting if there are some more engine manufacturers coming on board. Uh, and... Uh... I've, I've got the list of teams in front of us, and for no other reason that uh, this is how I've listed it. Um, let's have a look at them in alphabetical order. I, I, about halfway through this, I'll, I'll take a break from what we're talking through in this uh, NTT IndyCar preview here on the Radio Show Limited network of channels and, and ask Jeremy for a few words on the road to Indy, which itself has had a few changes, the ladder system to get drivers and teams uh, up to the highest level of open wheel racing that's still to come but let's kick up with aj foyt enterprises chevrolet engines 4 and 14 this is a fairly uh, easy one share because both of their drivers are full season entrants uh, matthias least and uh, tony canan the two brazilians in the very american entered team with the american engine yeah, and we expect a lot from Tony Kanaan because he's a former Indy 500 winner. That was 2013. He was a series champion in 2004. But his last win was Fontana 2014. So it's been a long time since Tony Kanaan has stood on the stop, top step of the podium in open wheel racing at the very least. Didn't have a great year last year. He was 16th in points. Best finish was 6th. We're looking for a little bit better from Tony Kanaan coming into the season, but he still holds that record of most consecutive starts of any driver. And he's been in the series since 2002, which is pretty much when his co-driver Matthias Lace was born. Okay. I exaggerate, but only slightly uh, Lace coming into his second full season. He was 18th. He didn't beat Tony in terms of the teammate battle, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the two Brazilians work together again, now knowing each other's strengths. Uh, and least Jeremy, I mean, you, there's nothing to add really to Tony Canaan. We know exactly what we're going to get from TK. Um, Matthias, uh, finding his feet now in the IndyCar series, having been through what is a very traditional uh, junior formula route from uh, F3 in Brazil to um, the Formula 3 in Europe, MRF uh, Racing Championship and British Formula 3 through Indy Lights, clear, uh, crucially, and I think we'll talk about that a bit later on uh, when we talk about that ladder system with Carling, uh, Carlin uh, and then into 
uh, AJ Foy Enterprises. How do you see uh, his career path and what do we expect from Mateus this year? Well, hopefully a lot more than last year, because last year for that team was a disaster. For Tony Canal, it was dreadful. It was, I think, by far his worst season uh, in the in the IndyCar series. Uh, it, yeah, the Foyt team sort of struggled over the last couple of years. I think they've got some continuity now, which too help. It's certainly, it's still weird to me to have two Brazilians uh, driving for AJ Foyt. That's just uh, <laughs> just really odd. But anyhow, uh, Mateus Laced, he's a great talent. He stepped up way too soon. That was a yeah. big mistake in my book. I mean, even, quite frankly, even to go from uh, British F3 to Indy Lights was, was, I thought, a big step uh, and, and, mu- and much more of a step than he really needed than he needed to take. To do just one year of Indy Lights, I, I reckon, was just ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and it showed last year. He was fast in some of the preseason tests in particular, but he had so much to learn. Um, and, uh, yeah, the question now is, can he kind of rebuild his confidence uh, and start off and, and gain some momentum because he was never able, even after some strong testing results, never able to gain any momentum, momentum yeah. last season. So it's going to be a big year for Mateus and for the AJ Foyt team. Certainly, I think you know what little testing they're allowed to do has gone fairly well. So they're coming into St. Pete with uh, pretty good confidence. Um, but uh, Mateus Lacey, his, his first priority this weekend, this coming weekend, uh, from my perspective, is keep it off the walls uh, and um, start to just get a good finish under your belt and build from there. Yeah, I, I think that year in 2016 was an interesting one because he won the, the British F3 with double R racing. And, and then do you do another year of that when you've got everything to lose and nothing to gain? Um, maybe yeah, that was his, I think that you was should, his thought. I, I'd rather have seen him do, you come over here and in, instead of going straight to, uh, to Indy Lights, do what is now known as the Indy Pro 2000 series. It used to be called Pro Master. You know, the middle step on the road to Indy. That, to me, would have been, number one, it would cost a lot less. Uh, And number two, (laughs) you know, the car was more akin to what he was driving in the UK. Uh, And so, you know, he's already got to come come over here, learn all the tracks, learn all the procedures, learn everything else. Why why not uh, take take one step at a time? I mean, ladders... Systems in motor racing are here for a reason. Correct. Even even you go back to the eighties and and, and uh, Ayrton Senna. You know, he went. He did Formula Ford, Formula Ford two thousand, then Formula Three. A lot of drivers went straight from Formula Ford to Formula Three back in those days. Uh, he said, no, no, no. I need to 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 build you know to 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 do the ladder. He skipped out at Formula Two in those days, sure, um, which uh, a lot of, you know not many drivers did, and not many did successfully. He and Alan Prost being two exceptions to that sort of generalization but uh, let's face it uh, Senna and Prost are two of the greatest drivers not only of their generation but of all time so you know they were able to make that skip work for them but uh, for, for, for mere mortals um, it doesn't tend to work terribly well and it certainly didn't for Matthias Lace last year. Yeah, they were a bit special, weren't they? Uh, let's move on from AJ Foyt Enterprises <laughs> and the Chevrolet to the first of the super teams. Another big American name, Andretti Autosport. Effectively six cars, uh, five under the Andretti Autosport banner and the sixth for Marco Andretti under the Andretti Herta Autosport with Marco Andretti and Curb Agagianian. Yeah, that's not going to get called that at all, is it, throughout the season? That will just be the 98 car. Um, five of the drivers, Zach Veach, uh, Alexander Rossi, uh, Ryan Hunter-Rear, Marco Andretti uh, will have... Sorry, four of the 
drivers. I've miscounted that. Yeah, four full seasons. Yeah, yeah. four full seasons. Four full seasons. Connor, Connor Daly with six of that. I mean, I don't know what to say about the Andretti guys, uh, Jeremy. Um, they've got some good drivers there. Alexander Rossi was standout last year, obviously, and he will drive the 27 car again uh, this year. Uh Connor Daly, sorry, he's, he's not doing six races. He's only doing race number six, uh, which is the Indy 500 only. Um, what do we say about Andretti Autosport? They were close last year, but close is not good enough, is it? No, but certainly one of the championship favourites, no question. Again, continuity there. The same four drivers moving forward this season. Rossi, as you say, was... Uh, marked himself as you know he really showed what he could do last season uh, and he was very much a championship contender slipped away from him at the final race but he'll be looking to set that record straight and certainly the team has got everything in place that it needs to win uh, Colin Daly he's just right now just set up to do the Indy 500 in the, uh, in the additional entry for that team but hopefully I know he is is optimistic as is the team that they can add some more races to that roster as the as the season goes along. Uh, Shea, quite clearly, there's some big names in there with uh, Ryan hunter Rear, Alexander Rossi and Marco Andretti being standout. Second full season for Zach Veach. Um, and Andretti Autosport, as we've said, they're one of the juggernauts. They get, obviously, with the amount of cars they've got, they've got more data. They, they do a pretty good job. Where where do they need to j- improve to just give themselves that championship opportunity that Jeremy was talking about there? Oof. That's the multi-million dollar question that they're trying to solve because second and fourth in the championship with two of their drivers, that's pretty darn good when you look at the grand scheme of things and who you're going up against. Zach Veach should be more of an asset this year as opposed to last year because he was learning a lot last year. He's been working really hard all offseason to put on further muscle. He's already the smallest driver in the series, so he's fighting against that. And then you've got Marco Andretti, who swapped last year uh, with um, Alexander Rossi, who had Brian Hurd on his box before that. It's Marco's second year working with Brian, so they're trying to figure out where each other's strengths and weaknesses are. They should have that all ironed out. They did get a poll last year, so at the very least, that was accomplished. But for all four cars, they really just need to get a bit more luck on their side. I heard Alexander Rossi talking on Mobile on the Grid, as a matter of fact, about how the reason they didn't win the championship was because their bad days were worse than Scott Dixon's bad days. Yes, I saw that interview too. That was good. It was really good. But you look back at the worst finishes for himself and then also for Ryan hunter Ray. It was three times only that Alex Rossi finished outside of the top 10. So they don't have much room where they need to improve. They just need to have everybody else do a little bit worse. Uh, and Jeremy, as far as Marco's concerned, 14th season in the championship now. Um, I, I feel he's never quite fulfilled his potential there. Ninth in points last year. Second year with Brian Herter uh, running that side of the team. Could this year be his year? <laughs> I, hope, I hope so. I really, I really hope so. A lot of people don't have any time for Marco. I do. No, I agree. As uh, as we, we've talked about before, um, but but you know, he's he's got to show how serious he is. He talked about it last year, coming with it with a better focus. I'm sure Brian was able to 
to to get that out of him. And you know, he had a reasonable year. You know, top ten in the championship is isn't that easy. So he, he did achieve that. Uh, but certainly, it was it was a disappointing season. Another one by by his standards, because he knows he's he's capable of a lot more than that. But you know, that's one of the problems that with a super team like the like Andretti Autosport, when they got four good drivers. I mean, Zach Veach did a nice job too last season as a rookie, as Shane's already mentioned. Uh, then of course you you got Rossi and Hunter Ray. You know, they're the two de facto team leaders, but they're often taking points away from each other, aren't yes, they? And that's yes. that's what we've seen. You know, that's been a problem for, for Team Penske in the past. We'll come to them later on. Uh, but it, it was, if, if if Ryan Hunter-Ray wasn't part of that team last season, then possibly uh, Alexander could have won the championship because certainly on several occasions, Ryan took away points from, uh, from, from Alexander that uh, would have been rather useful at the end of the day. And he ended up being 50 points between first and second as a result of the fact that Rossi had some problems uh, at the season finale, and it was double points. Mm. Uh, but still, you know, that, that you, you, it's kind of careful what you wish for, isn't it, the, oh, yes. the super teams? Yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, let's move on to um, one of the perennial fan favourites, Arrow, Schmidt-Peterson Motorsports. Arrow is the new overarching sponsor there, Shea, and a team that... Uh, hasn't, behind the scenes at least, had uh, quite as much continuity as, as many people like. There are a number, uh, there are another of the Honda teams. Numbers 5, 6 and 7 uh, still allocated to that team. Robert Wickens on the comeback trail uh, from his horrendous accident. The seat is, and I quote, there when he wants to have it back, unquote. So James Hinchcliffe in the 5 is joined by Scandinavian Marcus Eriksson. Uh, who still counts as a full-season rookie for 2019. Your thoughts about the machinations behind the scenes? There's been a lot of change at Arrow, Schmidt-Peterson Motorsports. Yeah, a lot of turnover. We talked about Pierce Phillips a little bit earlier on. He left the team uh, to go to Ray Hall, Edmund Lanigan and be the overlord there, as I like to call him. Um, so there's a lot going on that we don't see and that we don't often talk about at Aeroschmidt-Peterson, but the consistency on the face of things is that James Hinchcliffe is back yet again, his eighth full season in the NTT IndyCar Series. He's got six wins out of those eight seasons, including St. Petersburg a few years back, so he's looking to come out strong, but putting a pretty disappointing year behind him. He was 10th in points, and as Jeremy rightly said, getting in the top 10 isn't easy. He did get a win at Iowa, which was a big accomplishment, but the third at Barber was his only other podium on the year, and don't forget, he didn't go to the Indy 500. He missed out on qualifying. And before Wickens' accident, he had been massively outscored by his rookie teammate. So he's going to be trying really hard to make sure that, yet again, he doesn't have a teammate sensation who everybody's talking about instead of focusing on the five car. Yeah, that's, that, that is a fair point. Well made. Marcus Eriksson, only quarter Jeremy, uh, the track that he will know. It'll be very different in IndyCar from his Formula One uh, is this a bit of a rebuilding season in in many ways for Arrow Schmidt Peterson Motorsports? Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, yeah, there's, there's certainly some personnel changes there, but most of the teams have been have gone undergone some sort of personnel changes. I don't see that being a major factor. I do see Marcus Ericsson as being a a pretty good addition to that team, uh, and I would expect them to run you know to to run well and, and run strongly. Mm-hmm. I think Marcus Ericsson is is pretty talented and. And uh, that's going to be certainly, you know, he's going to be one to watch this year. Well, rookie of the year candidate has to be uh, straight away there. Carlin, 
back with uh, two cars uh, for the... Well, one for the full season for Max Chilton. No, they're both for the full season. Ah, right. Okay, so both yeah. both Charlie and Max Chilton are now for the full season, are they? No, uh, Charlie's only only confirmed for five races, but I certainly would. I I expect to see Collins running two cars at every race. With Max Ennison sure. in the other car as well. Possibly, and um, and also Patricio Ward. I would expect to perhaps right. to, to crop up there as well at some stage. Um, and uh, you know, maybe some other contenders as well. That's certainly the second car uh, isn't uh, is a bit of a work in progress even now. I think <laughs> it's going to be. I believe RC is going to drive it next weekend, but uh, that's his home race. He lives just up the road from uh, St. Petersburg. Right. Uh, but uh, but uh, no, sorry, Charlie's driving next weekend. I beg your pardon. Yes. Charlie Charlie Kimball is driving uh, at St. Petersburg. Um, but after that, uh, the, you know, he's confirmed only for five races. But uh, that that car will be at all the remaining rounds, and certainly uh, uh, Patricio Ward is a, a likely candidate for some of those races. And we should pick up the story on Patricio Ward because that hasn't been the fairy tale that everybody was hoping for after his explosion onto the scene at the season finale last year, Jeremy. Yeah, I mean the, the kid's a talent, uh, and that that the whole Harding Steinbrenner. Andretti, whatever, uh, <laughs> turned, turned out to be a bit of a fiasco, quite frankly. And and Pedro Patricio was was held up in, was caught up in it, which is a great shame because he is, as you say, uh, a star. Uh, he has been. He, he, he's a potential star of this sport, no question about it. He's got a, already building a pretty good following in Mexico, um, so he's had to regroup himself just a few weeks before the start of the season. I don't think he'll be racing next weekend. Uh, but I uh, wouldn't be surprised to see him at uh, Circuit of the Americas uh, and certainly for several other, other races and hopefully as many races as possible this year. Jeremy Shaw and Shea Adam are with me, John Hindoff, as we look at the NTT IndyCar Championship for 2019 here on the Radio Show Limited Network of Channels. Uh, let's uh, move from Carlin to Chip Ganassi Racing. Honda Power, two cars, full season entries, the numbers 9 and 10 for Scott Dixon, the defending series champion, and another rookie to the championship but I also expect him to make a big mark that's Felix Rosenquist another Scandinavian I saw him in his early days uh, here in the UK uh, Shea you're a big fan of Scott Dixon and you will never count Dixie out until it's uh, mathematically impossible for him to win absolutely everything <laughs> yeah, I'm, I would agree with everything you just said but that being said he is not my pick to win the championship oh, this year. Oh, we'll get to that later. Because it's been a long time since anyone has gone back, back to, to back. back. For, for Scott, it's going to be a big challenge. But he's starting his 18th season with Chip Ganassi, which is quite remarkable. And if you include his champ car days, this is his 19th year in American open wheel racing. 44 wins for the great Kiwi. He did have the ideal 2018 as far as it goes with three wins. His worst finish was mm, 12th at Iowa. And the only other time he was outside of the top 10 was at Long Beach. The key was consistency. But for Scott, he's looking to kick things off well because he's never won at St. Petersburg. So he's going to try and have to get things moving a little bit earlier on in the season. He always seems to be the guy who comes alight at the end of the year, John. At the... Felix Rose, I mean, you can say what you want about uh, uh, about what uh, what you want about Scott Dixon, but he's an absolute superstar, uh, Jeremy. Um, 
Felix Rosenquist, perhaps not quite as well known in the States, been doing a bit of Formula E, some GT racing, has again that classic European coming up through the Formula ranks. I've got a feeling he, he if he gets his head around things quickly enough and the testing seems to have gone okay for him, uh, that he might be another uh, another little dark horse there for Chip Ganassi Racing, who we know, of course, can put a good a good team together. Uh, completely agree with you. I think uh, he, he might be underneath the radar screen a little bit right now, but uh, I don't think he will be for very long. When he, when he came over here, what, three years ago, was it now, or three or four years ago, to do some Indy Lights races, uh, he he uh, got everybody to sit up and, and take notice there, including Chip Ganassi and particularly Mike Hull, mm. uh, the uh, the managing director there at uh, Chip Ganassi Racing. And as a result of that, he had a couple of tests in an Indy car, and I know Chip uh, has tried to sign him for the last couple of years. Um, so, uh, and you know, went, last year when the deal with uh, Brendan Hartley went away, uh, Felix was, I think, top of the list then, but he'd already signed some other deals. So, uh, he's got what he wanted now. Uh, and I think Felix is going to open a lot of eyes this season. Of course, uh, a lot of, uh, deals being done for a single event being the Indy 500. One of those is next on the list. Clausen Marshall Racing, Chevrolet Power for Pippa Mann. Now, this is confirmed now. This is not Pippa scratching around coming up to the month of May. This is a, a deal that's done. And the popular British female driver back at the Brickyard, Jeremy. And, and that's good that she's got that confirmed early. Yeah, along with the, the Clawson family, you know, uh, um, Brian Clawson, of course, you know, tragically lost his life a couple of years ago uh, on the on the dirt, and uh, his father's ca- carrying on that legacy, if you like, and and Pippa, you know, she's 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 super. She works so hard to make things happen, uh, and uh, I think it's a uh, a uh, a feather in her cap to have this deal done so so quickly, uh, you know, in advance of the race. And uh, you know, good good to see her back again. Uh, it, it's a small team that they, they, they'll have some allegiance with with bigger teams, but it's still going to be a struggle uh, to even to make the race again. You know, Pippa was, obviously was on the sidelines last year. Uh, you know that she was heartbreaking for her, but she's going to come back even stronger and try and make the field again this time. Uh, you're listening to our IndyCar preview. That was Jeremy Shaw. Shea Adam is also on the line with me, John Hindoff, as we crack through the teams here. And we move next to Dale Coyne Racing and Dale Coyne Racing with Vassa Sullivan for their two Honda Endries, the uh, 18 and 19, or if the way I gave you them now, actually the 19 and 18 cars. Uh, and Shea, right at the opposite end of IndyCar experience with Sebastian Bordier, Seabass, <laughs> all the experience in the world. 11th full season in American Open Wheel Racing. 37 wins. Champ Car champion from 04, 05, 06, 07, 08. Remarkable run that he had there. Hasn't got the, the big one, the Indy 500, and he's joined by a youngster uh, who has... Well, a handful uh, of starts. Santino Ferrucci, what do you make of Dale Coyne's uh, effort for this year? Well, if there's going to be a winner, it's going to be Bourdais. And uh, <laughs> my money is on Bourdais to come away with the win at St. Petersburg, his home race, because he's won it the last two years in a row. So for Sebastian, with a fairly small team, it's fair to say, he's, it's not a Penske, it's not a Ganassi, it's not an Andretti. To come away seventh in points last year with two podiums and that win at St. Petersburg, he's going to be hungry for a little bit more. This is a man who, keep in mind, isn't exactly happy when he gets a podium. So he wants wins or bust, pretty much. So for Bourdais, 
definitely the team leader and don't really have too many expectations for Santino Ferrucci. He's done four NTT IndyCar races before uh, and no real good result. So it's going to be a, a steep learning curve for that youngster. Do, do we have any sense, Jeremy, whether uh, uh, that's a, a Honda team? Um, and we we spoke about the, the balance between Honda and Chevrolet in terms of how many teams they're supplying across the, the full season. Do we have any sense uh, as to if there is a uh, an advantage uh, to either one of those engine manufacturers, either on the ovals or the, or the street and road circuits, or, or, or is it looking pretty pretty balanced this year from the, the, the first tests that they've had? Of course, you know, we haven't got into competition yet, so there's a codicil there. Indeed so. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, yes, I would expect it to be pretty closely matched. Uh, you know, Bourdais, yes, he won the race last season, but that was... He, 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 there was a large slice of luck involved there in terms of the time of the caution because he only qualified in 14th base. Ferrucci, um, he's an interesting character, certainly, but uh, he, d- he did have a couple of strong r- runs, actually, last year with that team. The results might not have been there, but certainly impressed the team, and particularly Michael Cannon, who is his uh, race engineer, who's been around this sport for a long, long time. And he was pretty imp- he's, uh, was and continues to be very impressed with Ferrucci. So he, he it's another one who might uh, might surprise a, a you know, spring a few surprises as uh, this season develops. Um, I, I do like your very diplomatic language there, an interesting um, personality. Uh, let's, uh, it's, it's hard, <coughs> but let's remind uh, everybody, uh, Santino was, was banned from um, some F2 races after deliberate contact. Um, deliberate uh, contact, never good. Any contact, never good, but deliver it. Um, and diplomatic language that Jeremy was using, something that perhaps Santino needs to learn a little bit uh, about. I, 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 I suspect he'll be under the microscope again uh, this year. Um, you know, he, he served his time. He's done what he's, he's supposed to do. Um, I hope he lets his driving do the talking and it's in the best way uh, for 2019. Um, let's crack through another couple of teams who aren't doing full seasons then. Dragon Speed, Chevrolet, Ben Hanley uh, with, what, five events, including the Indy 500. But they will be on the streets of St. Petersburg, here. And it's going to be very interesting to see how Elton Julian's team comes through with this new series, this new form of racing. Five races, as you said, for Ben. They've got St. Pete, Barber, the Indy 500, their only oval race of the year, but you can't not try to go for the Indy 500. Uh, Road America and Mid-Ohio. So for Ben, it's going to be a lot of learning because pretty much all those, I think, in fact, all of them will be new to the Englishman. Um, in, in terms of the next one up, Jeremy, as we rattle through some of these partial season teams, uh, Sage Caram with just the one race confirmed at the moment for Dreher and Reinbold racing. That is the Indy 500, the man from uh, Andretti Town from uh, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Surprised that Sage hasn't got the full season drive this year? Um, no, uh, unfortunately. Uh, but um, I yeah, remember he, what he you said, said at the, in, the, in the review <laughs> last he, year. He said, yeah, he certainly got, you know, he's, he, he has the talents uh, in the car. Oh, away from the car is still working on those a little bit, uh, I think. But uh, he, he's he's worked hard to, to get this deal together, and hopefully he's working hard behind the scenes to um, to do some more races. Ed Carpenter racing uh, and racing with Scuderia Corsa as well to uh, for well Spencer Piggott and Ed Carpenter are the two um, major. Uh, uh, 
cars there with Ed Jones in as well for a lot of the races. I, I, I'm I trying to work out how this is split off. The easy one, Jeremy, is no, Spencer Piggott. It's easy. Yeah, it's, yeah he's got everything. Yeah, and Ed does the ovals, and Ed Carpenter does the ovals, and Ed Jones does the road courses. So that's how that works out there. Right. But Ed, Ed Carpenter, the team principal there, he's just all he wants to focus on. Well, he's basically the Indy 500, but he does the oval races as well because he's good at them. Uh, he knows he's not on the same level for the road courses. So quite sensibly, in my opinion, he gets someone in there who is. Ed Jones, of course, switched across from uh, Chip Ganassi Racing. He had a I think for him, a yeah, fairly disappointing season last last year. Uh, but Spencer Piggott, you know, he's had some good good results in testing again over winter. Had some really good runs last year, including his first podium. And I uh, I certainly hope that uh, Spencer can run up uh, up the front on a regular basis for that team. And they've got another car entered uh, at the moment with a TB. Uh, oh no, that's Ed Jones. Sorry, and it's as well in the 64 car for Indianapolis. I see. Right, so Ed Jones gets an Indianapolis run as well. Okay, that's that has what this was what confused me. Uh, you're listening to, me, to a special program here on the Radio Show Limited network of channels. Jeremy Shaw, Shea Adam, and me, John Hindoff. Uh, and before we move on to the uh, the second half of the teams here in alphabetical order, uh, I just want to have a quick word, Jeremy, about the ladder system. Uh, for so long, the Mazda road to Indy, and Mazda certainly have, have left that ladder system in a better uh, way than they found it. We talked about this last year when it was it was made, but uh, some changes made for the season uh, coming up and uh, some changes in names. And, and you talked earlier on about the importance of this ladder system. Um, I like ladder systems, generally speaking. In American racing, and particularly with ovals, and uh, the difference in tracks, probably even more important than elsewhere in the world. Yes, uh, I agree for those reasons, absolutely. And uh, yeah, the, the Road to Indy, presented now by, by Cooper Tars, they've been involved in this, in this program now for quite a few years. It's a really good program. I mean, there's nothing like it in the world. There's over well over $2.5 million worth of scholarships and prizes to move all literally from the grassroots of the sport to the Indy 500 and the, uh, the IndyCar Series. So, you know, it's, it's, it's brilliant. Um, you know, there's a, a guaranteed three races in IndyCar for the Indy Lights champion. That should have been a lot more than that for Pado Award this year, and I think it will be more for Pado uh, as the season, you know, as as we get as it, everything falls into place. But you know, that's great. And the other series, you know, it's just a tremendous system that works. And um, the, there are some changes this year. So no, Mass no longer involved, but Dan Anderson, who runs this the this this ladder on behalf of IndyCar. He's working hard to find a uh, replacement sponsor. Nothing yet, but uh, you know, it's 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 always a long process. That, but there's certainly a lot of optimism. But you know, the 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 whole process itself, as it is now, will be continuing this year. I like the way IndyCar as a a body of work, if you will, share is moving. Uh, the organisation, you know, there's been many years when we've done our previews and reviews that we've talked more about what's been going on behind the scenes and the racing. We haven't had to do that over the last couple of seasons, possibly even the last couple of three seasons. Uh, and there's a um, a continuity of what's been going on uh, with IndyCar and a building of interest in in the series that actually does everybody the power of good completely agree and you want to see proof of that just look at the ladder series 
and look at all the young faces that are coming up through it. I mean, Jeremy's been down in Homestead for the test, and he can probably say a lot better than I. But just looking on the website at who's entered for the bottom rung of the ladder, the USF 2000, there's got to be close to 20 drivers in that for this year. Right, Jeremy? Yeah, I think it's 20, probably 21 next weekend at, uh, at St. Peter's. A couple that weren't here uh, at Homestead this uh, over the weekend. Uh, and and it's there's really good there's some pretty good quality in there as well as it's it's it looks pretty wide open and uh, you know drivers from, from all around the world I think it's 15 different nationalities wow. at least uh, in, in all three levels of the ladders and, and that's it seems to be changing I mean there's a guy just turned up today or he turned up yesterday to drive one of the Indy Lights cars there's going to be looks like there's going to be 10 cars on the grid at St Petersburg for Indy Lights. Now, 10, yes, okay, it's not a very good field. Uh, no one's trying to pretend otherwise. But last year, there were seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so from seven to 10, that's what that's better part of a 40% increase. So one step at a time. Jeremy, what I would say uh, about last year, I was going to say the what, racing last year, there might have only been seven, eight, nine cars at various races. Uh, so I think, yeah. as you say, seven full-time entries. But the racing was outstanding and everybody was competitive. All seven drivers had a pole position and a podium, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty remarkable. And uh, and the quality was super high. Colton Herter and uh, Patricio Ward, they came out on top, obviously. But there's a whole bunch of other drivers in that were really, really strong. So uh, I, I think this year there's some new drivers coming in. Uh, there's te- you know, Toby Sowery from, from the UK just turned up yesterday. So he's going to drive a second car for BN Racing in conjunction with Team Pelfrey, at least for the St. Petersburg Opener. And he's working hard to make that into a full-time full-time deal. So, you know, at least double figures is, is a better number than seven. Uh, but the competitiveness is strong and some really, really good drivers. I mean, look at Oliver Askew. Uh, he was quickest this yeah. morning in the first of uh, two tests that will take place here at Homestead, Miami, uh, today. Uh, and, uh, you know, he is Oliver Askew. We've talked about him now for, for a couple of years because that's all he's been involved in in cars after moving up from carts. He potentially is a big star, I think. No, I, I think it's good. I think it's good to see some young US based drivers getting in on that ladder series, uh, not necessarily always just bringing people in from South America and uh, from the UK uh, and Europe. I, I'm not going to say it's in rude health, but it's in better health than it was. Uh, a handful of years ago and it's certainly going in the right direction and, and one of the drivers that Jeremy mentioned there who did such a good job in Indy Lights last year Colton Herter is next up as we go through the teams for the NTT IndyCar Championship for 2019 Harding Steinbrenner Racing for Honda uh, the eight car with a question mark and a TBA next to it that car um well, we may see it at the Indy 500, but Colton Hurt has got a full season drive. He's a rookie. He is clearly another uh, second generation, multi-generational driver uh, in the US. Uh, the double eight car, the, uh, the the 88 car, Jeremy. Uh, and, and and this this is another driver who is there on merit. Forget about his last name, Colton. He could have been called Colton Smith if he'd driven the way he drove last year. <laughs> he would have been. Uh, he would have absolutely deserved the drive he's got this year. Yeah, he worked very hard last year. He grew up a lot uh, as well, and he, of course, he, sports car fans will remember he did a brilliant job at uh, the Rolex 24 at Daytona and IMSA competition mm-hmm. uh, a month or so ago. He, he got the fastest lap of the race there uh, and uh, ended up in a winning car, didn't he? So uh, he's he is quick. He's been very fast 
in pre-season testing. So huge expectations there. It's going to be interesting to see when he goes to St. Pete, can he keep those expectations under check? Because he's going to have a fast car. Uh, it's uh, that Harding Steinbrenner racing, the running in conjunction with Andretti. Uh, so there's a lot of technical support comes from there. And uh, he's going to be fast. The question is, can he get through it in one piece? Uh, and that that technical assistance here from the big team, if you will, might be important because running effectively a single car team with a rookie driver, the, the, the setup is going to be what you're going to be looking for a little bit of a, a helping hand with. Yeah, and especially with five tracks on the schedule that he's never raced at before. All right, we've seen how fast he is at Circuit of the Americas, so I'll take that one off the table. But <laughs> Long Beach, Belle Isle, Texas, and Pocono. And those aren't necessarily easy tracks to wrap your head around, let alone tell the crew what the setup needs to be for the car in order to win one of those big races. So it's going to be a difficult year for Colton in terms of coming into this now with all the expectation and all the pressure on him. But the good news is, as Jeremy rightly said, he's had a very good 2019 so far. Uh, let's yeah, but, I, I, sorry, go it's, 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 it's effectively going to be another Andretti car yes. uh, on the grid. So, yeah, there's going to be plenty of technical information there for Colton to draw on. I think that's very important, actually. Uh, Kyle Kaiser, Chevrolet Power, Juncos Racing with the 32 car at the moment only set to do the second race of the season, which is at quarter. Kyle's a, a rookie, but he's got some open wheel experience uh, in the US, of course, won the Indy Lights Championship what a couple of years ago now. Um, is it slightly disappointing again here, Jeremy, that this young man who did so well a couple of years ago in the ladder series hasn't been able to snag himself a full-time ride? Yeah, to be perfectly honest, um, I mean, the, the team was here, you're running their, uh, their uh, well, they're here today actually running a, a couple of lights cars. They've got uh, a couple of cars in the in the Indy Pro 2000 as well, the quickest actually yesterday in that. Um, I, have, I, didn't, I haven't spoken to them about the IndyCar side of things, I must admit. So I haven't spe- had a chance to speak to Ricky whether even though they're going to have a car next weekend at St. Pete. I presume not. No. But uh, they've uh, they've also taken on this year, of course, the IMSA World Tech Sports Car Championship program as well with the Cadillac. That is confirmed as a full-season program. So I honestly don't know how much focus he's put on the uh, running the IndyCar. They're based you know, a sto- literally a stone's throw from the speedway, the team. Uh, but um, And I'm sure they'll be doing more than that one race that uh, that you talked about. Uh, moving on to uh, our next team, Shea Adam, and this is another single uh, uh, single race entry. It is the big one uh, at Indianapolis Motor Speedway for uh, still counted as a rookie, of course, Fernando Alonso, because he hasn't done a full season. Uh, has raced the Indy 500 before. He'll be racing the 66 car for McLaren Racing. Uh, they seem to be taking the Indy uh, side of things even more seriously than they have done in the past uh, with uh, a potential for them to extend into uh, maybe a couple of races at the end of the season and the rumours will not go away of them having a two-car team for the full season, not this season, but next year um, having uh, expanded their IndyCar operation. Yeah, for McLaren Racing, it's going to be interesting coming in with the first ever race for the team being the Indianapolis 500. For Fernando Alonso, it's the first time not being with a major powerhouse team like Andretti. And uh, yeah, not entirely sure what to make this entry, though. If you go to the points website on the IndyCar.com, 
it shows Fernando Alonso leading because I saw that. he's alphabetically first. <laughs> yeah, so that's at that. least amusing for now. <laughs> that, that's very funny. I, I mean, Bob Fernley's been taken on by McLaren to head up the IndyCar project, Jeremy. That tells me and anybody, go and Google Bob Fernley. He's done everything most recently at, at what was Force India, but he's been around a, a number of Formula One and other operations. He knows which way is up. You don't take a guy on like that just to do one race and have him sitting around sharpening pencils for the rest of the year. Alonso is on this extraordinary quest for the Triple Crown, and whichever way you count the Triple Crown, um, he's on on point to do it at the moment, which I never thought I'd saw, see done in um, in this uh, era, certainly. Um, they're not messing about here, McLaren, and we've seen in the past that they're taking this very seriously, and they're getting sponsorship from it. That is one thing that Zach Brown has been able to raise money for to go to Indianapolis. <laughs> Good point. That's going to be fun to watch. As you say, he's listed as, as a rookie for, for, for if he does more than more than one race, but he won't be listed as a rookie at Indianapolis because that, in terms of rookie Correct. standings, uh, that's uh, on its own on its own level there. But yeah, that's going to be fascinating to watch how that uh, that new relationship with running a Chevy engine this season, as opposed to running the Honda for Fernando last year. He's got to be. You've got to think he's in with a chance, though, Jeremy. The way he took to it a couple of seasons ago and the way he he went at it in a very measured manner absolutely thorough total professional that that sums up fernando alonso whatever he does he does it properly and as you say with bob fernley there and zach brown behind it at mclaren racing it's going to be a a fun one to watch uh, I'll be asking both Jeremy and Shea of their tips for the championship and for the Indy 500 at the end of this special uh, edition, uh, this special programme on the uh, Radio Show Limited network of channels as we look at the NTT IndyCar series. Let's move to Mayshank Racing with Arrow Schmidt-Peterson, uh, another name that's longer than the side pod of the car. Uh, Jack Harvey uh, confirmed for... Uh, what, six, seven, eight, nine, ten races. And that's that's up on last year, Shea. It is, and it's wonderful to see that not only is MSR back with their beautiful uh, pink-ish colored car for Jack Harvey, but they're back and they've formed a partnership with Aerosmith-Peterson that they had last year partly, but now it's in more of a form that they're able to do more races. So starting off with St. Petersburg, Circuit of the Americas, Barber Motorsport Park, Long Beach, the Indianapolis road course and then the Indy 500, they are going to be a constant presence for the first six rounds of the championship. Mm. Then coming back to run some of the American staples, you've got road America, mid Ohio, and of course, weather tech race by Laguna Seca with Portland thrown in there too, for good measure. Michael Shank has always wanted to run an Indy car team. He's just dialing himself in slowly. It was a partial calendar last year. It's more of a partial calendar this year. And Jack Harvey has proven that he's a pretty good driver in terms of being able to keep it clean and bring the car home in one piece. Jack Harvey, Jeremy, um, another one of these drivers that sort of runs under the radar for quite a lot of the time. Then all of a sudden you look at the results and go, hang on a minute, he's in the top six or seven or eight. And you go, how's he done that? Because, you know, he's just there or thereabouts. He seems to get it done when he needs to. He's quick. He he, he works really hard. He's a heck of a driver. You know, he, he's... Uh... He's capable of doing just about anything you want him to, want to do, and he's he's fast. Uh, again, like I'm not going to compare him to Alonso, other than the fact that he is super professional about whatever he does. And even though he didn't have a full time ride over here last year, he he was always at the races. He was he coached some drivers in, in Indy Lights, 
uh, and uh, you know, kept his hand in and made sure he was there and thereabouts, making the connections that's going to you know, ultimately, uh, he hopes, lead to a full championship. Maybe not this year. Uh, as you say, as Shay said, there are just 10 races planned for this season, but it is one step in the right direction. And the plan, certainly, or the hope is to expand that into a full program for 2019. And, and Jack Harvey had a great run at Portland the end of last season. And I would expect him to, uh, to to go very well in the races he's going to do. Two teams to go, both big names. Let's start with Rahal Latterman, Lanigan Racing. Uh, they've got two full season entries, Graham Rahal and Takuma Sato, and respectively the 15 and the 30 car. Jordan King is the solo entry for, at the moment, Indianapolis in the 42. Honda Power, of course. Uh, new man at the helm of the racing op- operations. That's uh, Piers Phillips. Uh, who's gone across there to to hit the helm and and fit, sort of I suppose share the helicopter view. President of Rahal Latterman Lanigan Racing Operations. Um, both of those drivers have had a reasonable early testing form. Graham Rahal no longer the kids. Takuma Sato. I don't know what to say about Takuma. Really, he can blow hot and cold. It depends which one turns up at the race. Well, what do you think of their chances this year? Uh, it's going to be interesting to watch this team because it seems that Graham Rahal either does really, really well, or he just is sort of there in the background. You you look at last year, for example, he was eighth in points again, top 10 round of applause, Mm -hmm. but he only had one podium. And that was the first race of the season, which is St. Pete. Now that was the site of him becoming the youngest ever winner way back when, I think it was about a million years ago now. But he's been with the team for seven years. This is his seventh year with the team. And he's been a full-season driver since 2011. The expectation is it's time to step up and win a championship because you can't just be okay with being an okay driver. As for his teammate, Takuma Sato, as you rightly said, very hot and cold. He won the Indy 500 in 2017, but he was 12th in points last year. He got the win at Portland and a podium at Iowa, but other than that, he was outside of the top 10 quite often and outside the top 20 four times. Jeremy, his, his numbers are going in the wrong direction. 2015 finished fourth in the championship, 2016 fifth, 2017 sixth, and 2018 eighth in the championship. Now, in, in fairness, um, the, the Honda wasn't always the most competitive and quite often Graham was the, the best of the, the Honda finishes. But um, where's Graham's career going here? Well, yeah, good question. He certainly had no luck last season. He, he and, uh, had not. The, the, no, the end of the year, everything that could go wrong did go wrong, it seemed like. But he, you know, he was generally at least a, a top 10 qualifier towards the end of the season. Yeah, what was interesting was he was qualifying better later in the year, yes. uh, but the results weren't weren't there to, to, to back up the uh, the qualifying result uh, qualifying pace. Uh, but look, yeah, it's really an anomaly there, isn't he, uh, Graham? Because yeah, he, he takes it very seriously. He's, he's lost weight over the winter. Uh, he's uh, he's doing everything he can to be up front. Certainly, it, you know, Dad Bobby is pulling all the pieces together that he needs to run up front. So, uh, Graham is a former winner at Saint Petersburg, and he will be looking to. Uh, to start off the season well. I mean, he started off last year, of course, with a second-place finish. That was his best result of the year. Yeah. But again, he qualified right at the back in 24th place one year ago. So uh, the first step is to make sure he doesn't qualify uh, last on the grid like he did last last, uh, last year. Takuma Sato had that brilliant result at Portland in a, a weird race. Um, 
I think the whole paddock was happy for Takuma. He's very, very popular, both in the paddock amongst his his competition and and with the fans. And clearly has a huge following uh, in uh, Japan and Asia, uh, not just from his Formula One years, but he is a likable character. But as I said, you never know which version of of Takuma is going to turn up to the racetrack, Jeremy. Uh, yeah. I don't know. For some reason, he, he didn't get the most out of the car on a regular basis mm. last season. Pretty much the same as Graham. I mean, their ser- seasons were uh, you know, similar, similarly disappointing to each other in terms of what they thought they should have been able to do. Um, so, uh, you know, they've got to turn that around and uh, they will try to do so beginning with a good, strong running qualifying and the race uh, this coming weekend. Let's finish off with Team Penske. Jordan King, as we mentioned there, is the uh, is the Indy 500 driver, the uh, young British driver. Um, let's finish off with Team Penske and then we'll get some predictions from uh, my two guests. Uh, three full season entry, entrants, 2, 12 and 22 are the full season entrant cars. That's easy to remember. You're Joseph Newgarten, uh, the... Uh, Will Power number 12 car and Simon Paisano with Elio Castroneves doing uh, the two Indy races, one on the road course and one on the Oval for the Indy 500, of course. 2017 champion Joseph Newgarten, uh, as he, ha- he now will always be introduced here, Adam. Believe it or not, his eighth season uh, in, in the championship. That's mind-boggling to think about. It seems like just yesterday Joseph was announced as being a Penske driver, and already that was three years ago. So it's kind of flying by for Joseph Newgarden. He got engaged in the off-season, so he's clearly uh, settling down a little bit more, focusing, which means he should be able to win another championship. Last year, he was fifth in points, and as Jeremy was mentioning a bit earlier on with Andretti, taking points off of each other that came as a result of uh, he and co-driver will power both being so strong it was three wins at phoenix at barber which we really should just rename joseph motorsport park because he always <laughs> does so well there and then tim Sendrick working his magic once again at road america but no other podiums the only trophies he walked away with all year were the three wins so for 2019 they're going to be looking for more consistency for more uh I don't even know, more misfortune for the other guys out there because Joseph only had three finishes that were outside the top 10, but it's going to be championship or bust. And also for Joseph, win the Indy 500 for Mr. Penske or bust. Um, If we... That he was the 2017 champion. 2016 champion was Simon Paginot, Jeremy. Um, Again, uh, been with Penske for a little while. Eighth full season. Although before that, kept popping up as a super sub. Uh, didn't really get the grips with the new car last year, Simon. Among among several others who uh, struggled with that. Um, if you believe in stats, though, a winless season last year, and the last year he had a winless season, the following season he came back to win the championship. Uh, one thing we know is that Simon will not give anything other than his best. No, that's right. And just just a quick note about Joseph Newgarden, by the way. The last nine races of the season, he never qualified lower than third uh, than the second row of the grid. Uh, wow. So you talk about consistency. Consistency there is in is in the pace. No question about that. Uh, he and both he and his teammate Will Power, they were brilliant, particularly in qualifying. They weren't for one reason or another able to get the end results that they wanted. Uh, but Simon, yeah, that was a really strange season last year for Pagano because he was uh, pretty much always 
the low, low man on the totem pole in, in terms of the grid positions and didn't really get a whole heck of a lot better in the races. So just sort of an odd season all around uh, for Simon. Uh, and uh, Will Power Shear, 2014 champs, so three champions, uh, former champions in the, the Penske lineup with Chevrolet Power, won the Indy 500 uh, last season. This is his 11th year, but he was he was in contention last year un- until the run of awful finishes he, that he had from Phoenix onwards. Yeah, it, it was interesting for Will Power. Of course, the uh, 2018 Indianapolis 500 winner. So he gets to wear the ring all season long, show it off to his co-drivers and say, hey, guys, remember this? I drank the milk last year. Ha ha to you all. And they'll remind him that it made him sick drinking the milk because <laughs> he went for the full fat stuff, being lactose intolerant. But you got to do it. If, if you win the Indianapolis 500, you have to drink real milk. But in any case, Will's 11th season in American open wheel racing. So it's going to be an interesting one to see how he can now come back and try to claim the championship. Third last year, he got wins on two ovals and one road course, as you rightly mentioned, owned Indianapolis as it was last year, and also got the win at Gateway. Eight podiums, but those five bad finishes, that was the difference between him and the championship. Every other race, he was inside the top 10, but at Phoenix, to start the season off, he was 22nd. At Barber, he was 21st. Then we went to the Oval at Texas in June, 18th. And then toward the end of the season, things started to fall apart. Road America, 23rd. And the second to last race of the season, 21st. You take those away, and he has one heck of a run to the championship. Unfortunately, he couldn't take those away. But that's what he'll be looking to change for this year. Because his goal is going to be to win the championship again. He's already been pretty vocal about that. But now he's got to defend this Indy 500 win. Looks easy enough on paper. Yeah, but you don't race on paper. That's no. that, <laughs> That's the problem. Um, Elio Castro Neves is the fourth of the Team Penske's cars uh, with the road circuit and the Indy 500. I, I love Elio. I really yeah. do. I think he's been a brilliant addition to the IMSA paddock, Jeremy. He has met triumph and disaster Um with exactly the same big smile and fabulous uh, quotes, quotations, whether he's been in the wall or qualifying well. Um, I, I don't think you can ever cast Elio, uh, count Elio out when he gets in a racing car. No, and he, and he, you know, he, he loves every moment he's in a racing car, doesn't he? I mean, he is a breath of fresh air. Well, I mean, the IMSA paddock is good, but he's great to have him there because he he he, lo- he enjoys every minute of it, and he will do so when he gets back into the wheel of the uh, the Penske racing machine for those uh, unfortunately just two races at the moment, uh, but uh, hopefully it'll be more than that. Uh, that's what he would like to do. He he he's still thinks that he's ready to do a full season. It's not going to happen, I don't think, uh, but uh, he, he's a joy to be around and he will absolutely be one of the favourites for top honours in Indianapolis, as he always is. So there's the rundown through the teams. We've talked about the ladder system. We've talked about the calendar, uh, still quite compressed, uh, those 17 uh, events over 15 venues. Yes. Um, and, and that's, uh, there's still a bit of chat about that. I mean, particularly after Indianapolis, Jeremy, the teams don't get much um, 
much respite at all, do they? No, it, to, to, in my mind, it's a it's a bit, a bit of an odd schedule because I, I don't like the fact that it's so condensed and all of the teams. I mean, the, the, the crew guys, they don't have any time off at all. It's almost <laughs> like it was back in the... Uh, the, the champ car days and yeah that was a, it's a, it's really really hard work the good news is nowadays there's um there's you know, <laughs> good reliability back then when some of the uh, new engine manufacturers coming in uh, they were changing engines just about every session when when toyota first started out i don't think you know, that happily that's not so bad but the schedule is really really brutal uh, and i know for a fact that there have been talks uh, about adding some more races uh, particularly, it would appear earlier in the season. Yeah. Uh, there's there's uh, Surface Paradise to talk about a race there won't go away. Uh, I believe that uh, IndyCar would prefer it to be, be the beginning of the season, whereas uh, the Gold Coast folks would prefer it to be at the end. So that's still a work in progress. But I would like to see the, the, the calendar stretched out a bit. I mean, you go just well, March to September. Two tri- there's two triple months. headers. Two triple headers there, Jeremy, that I'm looking at there. Right. Toronto, no Iowa, that, really. and, and Mid-Ohio is a triple header. Mm. And then you've got Gateway, Portland, and... Uh, yeah, Monterey. Yeah, those. That's a triple header as well. I mean, that's brutal at the end of a hard season. Yeah, it, it really is. I, I would like to be to see it stretch out. You know, the, the the thinking has been well, they, they don't want to clash with the NFL. Well, for goodness' sake, uh, I just just think that I think that's misguided. But then I'm not a marketing guy. No. Uh, so I, I certainly would like to see. I mean, there's the six months here uh, of an off season. Well, you know, for the teams, uh, the, uh, some of them, not not. Many of them these days certainly, you know, they'll lay off guys over the winter, so yes. they're out of work for six months. Yes, and the rest, of the rest, of the rest of the time, their fingers to the bone. Um, you know, it's odd. I would like to see the the season stretch out. Uh, a lot of other people would would uh, feel the same way. But you know, it, but the, the good news that, that with this, and one of the reasons they're doing it is during the summer, uh, IndyCar is it's in the public domain all of the time. All the time, they're not, they're not uh, out of the limelight at all. Yeah, and, and, you know, you've got the big uh, run-up to Indy, uh, the Indy 500 with the Grand Prix uh, on the road course, um, what, a couple of weeks before. And then you're back. Um, in fact, that's a triple header as well, isn't it? Because yeah. They, so you come out of Indy, Motor Speedway, into the double header at Detroit on Belle Isle, and then straight to Texas after that. My goodness me. So, I mean, That's always been like that. That's always yeah. been that, the case. Uh, they used to go from uh, from um, Indianapolis to, to Milwaukee and that's then right. wherever, and, you know, and Texas sort of filled that slot. So, yeah, that, that's always been crazy busy, and there's always, always been opposition to it as well. Well, the good news about that, though, Shea, I guess, is that you you capitalise on all of the mainstream media of... Dave Miggins has just won the Indy 500 and watch him next weekend on NBC at a doubleheader in Detroit, Michigan. Exactly. And especially for people with short attention spans, which many of my fellow Americans and I have been (laughs) accused of having, you go from the Indianapolis 500 and you advertise the heck out of the fact that Belle Isle is next weekend and you can watch not one, but two races. And then you wait six days and you can watch another race. And guess what? They're going to be back on an oval. Then they take the break for Le Mans and you can watch them again because they'll be a road America. So you just get to advertise the fact that 
there is no waiting. And the American public, pretty much as a whole, we don't really like waiting. And especially millennials, we really don't like waiting. So it's the perfect opportunity for IndyCar to say, hey, watch us. We'll deliver entertainment to you consistently. All right. I've put this off for long enough. I'm going to ask for uh, championship winner, uh, rookie of the year, an Indy 500 winner. Let's go to the... Let's start with rookie of the year. Shea, I'll give you first crack at that. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say Marcus Erickson. Yeah, I'm going to say that uh, Schmidt-Peterson got it last year with Robert Wickens. I'm going to say they take it again this year with Marcus Erickson. Is it the fellow Scandinavian uh, Felix Rosenqvist or will Marcus Erickson get Jeremy's vote? Jeremy. Uh, don't count out Colton Herter either. Oh, you know, yes. three, assuming that uh, that doesn't fall flat. Uh, which I don't think it will be with the Steinbrenner family behind it. I think that uh, will carry on. Uh, so don't count count out Colton either. It's going to be a fun battle between those. Have we got a proper battle for Rookie of the Year this year, Jeremy? Oh, yeah. Yes. Mm, good. I like to say that. I like to say that. Uh, Indy 500 winner then. Jeremy, you can have first crack at this. This is, it's the oh, heart. I mean, right. you can throw, throw a dart at the dartboard because, <laughs> uh, I mean, Indy 500 is, is a bit of a lottery in some respects, although not so much so in the last few years, in fairness. Good strategy, good fuel mileage and good racing has, has won the race in the last uh, few years. Who's in best position, at least, Jeremy, to win that? And, I, and I, by all means, narrow it down to, you know, uh, merely a third of the 33 car fails. Yeah. No, uh, you, you'd be struggling to get down to a third, quite frankly. It's, it's absolutely wide open. Uh, it, it's going to come down to uh, a, a factor of luck at the end, I think, you know, as it, as it normally does. Uh, it's, going to be, it's going to be very, very competitive. That There are going to be incidents towards the end. Hopefully it's not going to be as idiotic as the Daytona 500 recently. Mm. Um, but uh, hopefully it'll be a clean race to finish. It'd be nice to see. Uh, look, if I, if you want to pick me, if, if you absolutely insist I pick a name, I'm going to go for Elio Castro Nevers. Oh, love it. But, I, but, I but, love uh, the theatre of that's, that. That's, yeah, exactly. That's heart as much as head, isn't it? Um, Shane, yes. do we think the slight changes in qualifying at Indy for the 500 will will make a, a, a major matter? I mean, it's clearly been done for television. It's been done for the drama, for the theatre, um, with uh, the top 30 locked in at the end of the Saturday. But then we've got a fast nine shootout practice, a last row shootout practice, a last row shootout qualifying, a fast nine shootout qualifying, and then further practice for all 33 qualified cars on the Sunday. That's May the 18th and May the 19th. Will that make any difference? And who do you think will come out on top? Uh, Yes, I think it will make a difference, meaning that there will be about, well, depending on how many entrants we have, we're going to have probably about six drivers who haven't slept at all Saturday night because they're terrified of the thought of not making the show. Um, It's going to be entertaining it that's for sure nbc certainly will have a good uh ratings boost for that for sure in terms of the indianapolis 500 i'll tell you that the poll will go to spencer piggott the race win i agree with jeremy i think it's Ilya's year all right okay uh, and you can be the first one to pick your championship winner share ryan hunter ray everybody's focusing on alexander rossi they're talking about how he is the superstar of andretti well the guy who won the championship in 2012 is going to come back and prove why he is the greatest driver on that team 
Thanks very much to Shea. Adam, the final word from Jeremy Shaw is his pick for the NTT IndyCar Championship for 2019. Jeremy? Yeah, Tuffy as well. Uh, yeah, I, I, Do I want to pick another Penske driver? I don't want to pick another Penske driver, but uh, I think Joseph Newgarden is going to be strong. I think Will Power is going to be in contention again. Uh, and, and the usual cast of characters as well. It's going to be another really good season of IndyCar racing. I can't wait for next weekend. St. Pete's always a really fun place to start the year. Uh, it's uh, normally an action-packed race, hopefully not too action-packed. The weather's supposed to be nice, uh, so I'm uh, all in favour of that, and I can't wait to get going. Hang on, you didn't actually pick anybody there. You just sort of fudged around it. <laughs> you can't... You that, did you? I, the, the smoke screen went up, and for a moment, <laughs> I was distracted there, Sure, You're not, get, it, you're not away getting away it. with that. Okay, I'm going to say Joseph. Excellent. Repeating from a couple of seasons ago. Um, Well, it's only fair then, as I've pushed Jeremy to give my predictions as well. I'm going to pick Fernando Alonso for the 500 so that he becomes the Triple Crown winner, whichever way you count the Triple Crown. He's done it either of the ways that I've seen people talking about. As far as the championship, I think that's much harder to pick. I like Alexander Rossi. Uh, I think that Will Power could still be in with a shout, but... um, of the rookies, I'm, I'm certainly looking towards Felix Rosenquist uh, and Marcus Eriksson to maybe even win races this year, but I don't think they're title contenders. I was born on the 28th of October. Ryan Hunter-Rear in the 28 car for uh, Andretti Autosport and Honda. I, I think he's going to be a good shout for the championship. Whichever way it goes, you'll be able to follow it uh, on NBC in the US and on Sky Sports F1 in the UK with qualifying and all the races available around the world. Check the IndyCar site for details. Lots of new television deals to have been done over the close season and we'll keep you up to date and in touch with the action with Jeremy Shaw reporting for us in a midweek motorsport on Wednesday 8 o'clock UK you can do the time changes yourself generally speaking in the US uh, that is at 3 o'clock in the afternoon Eastern and noon Pacific Uh, thanks to Shea Adam and Jeremy Shaw Tim Gray was our executive producer putting all this together. I'm John Hindoff. Have a great NTT IndyCar season for 2019. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.